Father God, thank you again for all that you have done through this ministry. You worked in the hearts of people who were willing to be used by you. And that's what it took. You planted this work. And then you brought people to know you through this work. And you still are doing that. And God, we know that you are not finished. This is not um, a completion. This is not where we're ending. God, there are greater plans for this work. There, there is still people in this community that you want to reach. There's still uh, uh, churches being planted around the world that you want us to be a part of. There are people right here in this auditorium who need to give their heart to you. So God, we ask that you continue to use us and help us not only individually but as a church. Say, God, use us however you see fit. We'll follow your lead in Jesus' name. And all the people say it. Amen. Amen. And then stand with me, all right? Let's stand. It's time to sing praises to God. We have prayers. We're rejoicing. Let's sing out a praise to God. Let's sing. First song. Wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the beast in my troubled sea. You are the beast in my troubled sea. The silence you won't let go. You are the peace in my trouble sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore.
Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never ending. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior.
morning, Lord, that's our prayer. We pray that you open our eyes, open our hearts. May your Holy Spirit come inside of us, dwell in us, change us, and mold us to be like you. As our pastor speaks to us this morning, we just pray that prayer. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning again, Sandy and Robin. Uh, we prayed for your dad uh, this week and so glad that he is home. What a blessing. Uh, Ed's home and is doing well, I think. So, you know, have you noticed that we've got a new platform? Uh, I, uh, yes. And I think the, the musicians and singers, it just inspired them. Yeah, they were singing out, huh? Uh, I want to thank, you know, publicly, I said that in the newsletter. And by the way, if you're not getting the newsletter, um, put that on the connection card. We'll make sure you get uh, the information that happens, uh, that we give out a lot of information. Um, we give out not normally what we do, what we give out in the service. But uh, Fred and Joe and Russ and Richard and Harry, oh my goodness, uh, you know, these guys, and there were some others, I, I probably missed somebody, but they did a great job with this, and so appreciate uh, that. And, and by the way, j just to let you know, you know the, the, the church that was uh, renting a space from us when the Sunday afternoon, you remember that church? Uh, they um, uh, gave us $500 just as a, a appreciation gift for us. And uh, so we applied it towards the, the, the platform and the, uh, the budget went way over that, but that's okay, we needed this. And so I just praise God how he, he just brings, the, the, the exciting thing about God's work is that he supplies our needs in ways that are unimaginable. I mean, and, and it just, it just, a need comes up, and then somebody takes care of the need, and we praise God, and then we pray about another need, and that's the, the life of ministry. That should, that should be your life as well, that when you have a need, you go to God, and you just pray, and you wait for God to answer, and let Him take care of that need in your life. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Acts, and uh, invite you to turn into your notes, take out your notes if you follow along with the message, and uh, we're going to go to the first chapter of the book of Acts. Now, I'm not going to read this verse. It's, uh, it's what we call the Great Commission verse, along with Matthew chapter 28. So I'm going to get into the message, and then we'll come back to Acts chapter 1 and uh, look at that verse in just a moment. And we're doing a, a sermon series, and during the sermon series, we've looked at God's five purposes for your life. Listen, you're not an accident. There are accidental parents, but no accidental children. There are illegitimate parents, but no illegitimate children. Your parents may not have planned you, but listen, God did. Your life has value and your life has significance. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You matter to God, and listen, you matter to us. You matter to me. 
You matter to this church. God loves you, and so do we. So we look at the Bible. The Bible says that God created you with a purpose. There is a purpose for your life. And it came from the heart or the mind of God for your purpose for life. In fact, as we've looked at, there are five purposes, and we are looking at the fifth purpose today. He has given you five callings that fit every, every person in this room. That God has a plan. He has a calling for your life. Listen, you're, you're wondering, what am I going to do with my life? What? Well, let's start with God's purpose. Let's start with God's plan for your life. There are five of them. So I want to do this in, as a recap to the sermon series to briefly review each one and then go into the fifth one. Life doesn't fit if you don't get these five purposes. It's like putting a round peg in a square hole. Your life won't sink up. It always seems like there's out, something missing that, that just doesn't... It, it, it doesn't fit. But when you get these five purposes, life does make a sense. The first one that we've looked at in the first Sunday, I'm called by God to be loved by God. Now, this is huge. This is the number one purpose and why God created you, why he created me. He made you to love you. Now, if you don't get this, I want you to get this. Nothing else is going to make sense. It is foundational to your well-being, the why I am here. You were made by God, and you were made for God. Listen closely. You must get this point, because when you feel totally and completely loved by God, then you will have the capacity to move into other areas of life that he wants to move you into experience life to its fullest. I'll just stop right now. Cindy was... Okay, so as a church family, we're going to stop and probably pray for Ed. That was Ed's daughter. Father, we don't know what's going on, but God, you do. And so whatever is happening... We lay this totally in your hands. You are the best caregiver a, a person could ever have. You are the good, great, wonderful shepherd. So, Father, I pray for, if it's Ed, that, God, your hand of healing, your power, your strength would be there. And, God, wherever your presence is, there is always peace. And I pray for right now for Ed, Betty, Ryan, and for Robin as well. Help her to be safe as she travels and know she's um, um, focused on something. Now God, we lay this before you. And thank you for Ed. He is one of your, your children. He loves you. He knows you. And thank you for working in his heart and his life and what a blessing he has been to us. And 
as well as Betty. So, Father, be with that situation. It's only you can be. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll find out later on what's going on. And so this first purpose, as we think about, I am called by God to be loved by God. You have to know this before you move forward into other areas. You have to have this capacity to know that, um, God, I am loved by you. I am created to be loved before you go into the next purposes. So this is a very basic, but you must get this before you can move on because God wants to give you greater experiences life, but it has to be, has to come from the center point, this, this focus that I am loved by God. He created me to love me. And so we think of this question right now. Do I know that God loves me? Now, if you're here this morning and you don't know this, let me challenge you. Ask God to show you how much he loves you. He is that big. He is that personal. He is that, uh, that powerful that he can reveal to you how much he loves you. And so I challenge you that. Throughout the scriptures, the Bible talks over and over again about how from Genesis to Revelation, it demonstrates how much God loves, how gracious, how merciful. As you look through the word of God and you hear the stories from the Old Testament on into the New Testament, what Jesus Christ has done and what the Apostle Paul and, and the other apostles experienced. And, and we go into the book of Revelation as we see in the future, and all this gives a story of how much God loves us. One of the most famous verses in the Bible says, for God so loved the world that you and I, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friend, that's how much God loves us. He gave his son for us. Let's say this out loud. The phrase, I am called by God to be loved by God. Would you join me in saying that? Ready? I am called by God to be loved by God. The second person, second purpose that we looked at is I am called by God to belong to his family. You're not just called to be loved, but you're also been called to belong to God's fam, to God's family. And in that family, we, we, uh, have discovered that it is the church that you belong to. You know, Lou and Sharon has belonged to this church for 44 years. That's amazing. Many of you have not only just this church, but other churches, you have, you have been part of a church family. You know what it means to belong, and it has been a blessing, a benefit to you in your life. We are made to belong. We're made to be in community. We're made to connect. We're made to have relationship. We're made to be in the, in the, the mix of one another. That's God's family. You see, when God gave you a spiritual birth, he didn't just ha uh, give birth to you and then, then cast you out and says, find out on your own. But no, he, he has no orphans in the kingdom of God. And he, he gave you a spiritual birth, a physical birth, then a spiritual birth. And then he plugged you into a family. And it's a wonderful thing. So let's say this out loud. I am called by God to belong to his family. I am called by God to belong to his family. Listen, you'll always experience in some way God's love through his church family. 
Now, that doesn't mean everybody's going to love you, because that isn't true. You're not going to be loved by everybody in that church, but you will experience this. You will experience God's love through his family, through his church. Number three, the third purpose is we looked at the third week, is I'm called by God to become like Jesus Christ. We could say it this way, God is working in my life to make me like his son, which is the perfect person. It's the great template. It's, it's, it's who you want to be because he is the perfect person. You know, we could aspire to be the greatest sports athlete, the rich and the famous, the most intelligent, the most, you know, accomplished business person, all, all these things. But can we see the value of what God is saying? No, I want, to, I want you to be the best of the best, and that is Jesus Christ. He says, I will make you to become like Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ, who could do no wrong, who could love everyone, who accomplished amazing things that literally shook the world 2,000 years ago, and we are still feeling the ripples of Jesus' life, his death, burial, and resurrection. You see, you're called to be loved, you're called to belong, and you're called to become. Become like Jesus Christ. Would you say those words with me this morning? I am called by God to become like Jesus Christ. You want to know what your purpose is? Let God love you. You want to know what your purpose is? Belong to his family. You want to know what your purpose is? You Become like Jesus Christ. From Let him move you from where you are right now to where he wants you to be like Jesus Christ. And the fourth one, I'm called by God to bless others. God didn't put you here on the earth to make life all about you. You're not made by God to live a selfish life. It isn't about you. There's more to life than you. There's more to life than making just you happy and everybody else miserable (laughs) or feeling just your needs. Life isn't about you. It is, listen, life is all about God. It's about others. And when we get that right, there is a blessing because of this. Maybe you've seen the, the, uh, the word joy and how it spells out, you know, joy. Jesus for the J, others for the O, and the last one is Y for the U. This is the way to we're to live a life. We are called by God to bless others, and we get that we will have joy in life. When we put God first, when we put others before ourselves, then we come to a place where we're going to bless others, and truly there is joy in that. You see, when I am blessed, when I bless others. As I help others, I am help. And so when we are to live our life as a being a blessing, as, as, as I mentioned last week, you know, that, that pipe that it comes in and then it goes out. It comes in and goes out. It comes in and goes. Listen, if we don't let it go out, God's not going to put in. This is the way it is. He wants to use us to bless others, and he will bless others. And the fifth thing this morning, I am called by God to be sent to share the good news. 
This perhaps is one of the most important of all the purposes. And though the first one we've got to get and the next one and those, but this one is crucial for us because it literally means the life between, you know, uh, heaven and hell. Eternal life, eternal death. And so I am called by God to be sent to share the good news. Your purpose is to be loved by God, you be- to belong to his family, to become like a son, to bless others. We are sent to share the good news. I was made for a mission by God. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. This is God's calling. He says, you are going to be my witnesses. And a witness in a courtroom is simply just testifying what God has done. What experience have you had? And he says, God says, I'm going to let you be that witness because you've experienced God and you're just going to testify. You're just going to share what has happened. I was, uh, yesterday I was... uh, Actually, it was Thursday. Thursday, I was um, uh, over at a place uh, near the airport, and, uh, and I got to tour the parachute company, and up on the wall in the parachute company was a picture of Ron, Ron who passed away last Sunday, and it said Ron had jumped eight times from an airplane. Well, I was standing there with the owner and another individual, and they were saying, oh, yeah, that's Ron. And they didn't know that he had passed away. I said, I want to tell you that Ron passed away last Sunday. And immediately, their countenance fell, and and they immediately said, oh, no. And I got to share, you know, what happened. But, you know, one of the greatest things is this thing about a witness because I, I, I got to share when Ron heard the news that he had cancer and they had, you know, three months to live and, uh, and it became two uh, days, literally. I got to tell him what he said to the surgeon. And he said to the surgeon, he said these words, I have lived a good life. I know Jesus And I know I'm going to go to see him. And I got to witness to these two individuals of what Ron had said as a witness to his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. What a beautiful thing. And I got to talk a little bit more about that, about Ron's uh, jump. I mean, he did a reverse jump. Instead of coming down, his last jump was up. And so he has nine jumps to his credit. That you shall be witnesses. God just wants us to be a witness. This isn't hard, folks. This isn't, you know, a a big college thing. It's just that we're to share what God has done for us. Moment I crossed the line spiritually became a child of God, being born again. God wants me to go to be a witness of the gospel, that God loves you, that Jesus Christ died, rose from the grave, 
for you and I. So I asked our founding pastor. This church is 51 years ago, 51 years ago today, Harold Anderson, with uh, I believe five other families, uh, founded this church over there in the Thursday Club. And so I asked Harold to send me a video of this, of this question, to the answer to this question. Harold, why did you move here? And why did you feel God was planting, leading you to plant this church? Uh, Deborah, would you play that, please? It's six minutes long. Well, I'm glad to be able to greet you. I know you're celebrating the 51st anniversary of the founding of what used to be the Faith Baptist Church. And um, I'm so glad to know that the lampstand is still burning. And I want to thank Gary Jane and his wife and for being there and offering such good shepherdship and leadership to this you fine people. Jeff Hahn, if you're there, I want to thank you for being my first piano player at 12 years old. You only knew one song, but you got it started and you learned as we went along. It was a lot of fun. So I've been asked to talk a little bit about why we started the church and uh, what it was all about. I was on the staff of the First Baptist Church at Costa Mesa. I felt God was leading me to do something else. I met a man by the name of Ray Teverbaugh. If it hadn't been for Ray and Joyce Teverbaugh, the church would have never started. And I told him that I would come and preach. And then I was going to change my mind because I wasn't really thinking about starting a church. I was hoping to take one that was already started. But he called me before the end of the week and he said, you still coming? And I said, yeah, but I won't come in the morning. I'll come in the evening. He gave me directions how to get there. And uh, so anyway, I continued to pray about it that week. I walked in with the staff on that morning and I said, you know what, I'm not going to be leaving First Baptist. I'm going to be staying here. I've decided God doesn't want me there in Camarillo. And so after service, my wife and I were uh, going up the freeway from Costa Mesa to Santa Ana on 55. And she said, Ray Teverbaugh called this morning. And I said, yeah, what do you have to say? He said, well, he wanted me to read this passage of scripture to you. And I said, well, what passage is that? And here's what she read. It's from Numbers 27, verse number 16 and 17. And it says, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. I was stunned when I heard that verse. I said, read it again. And she read it again. And when she got through, we both began to weep. I'm going down the freeway trying to maintain control, but I knew in an instant that God wanted me in Camarillo. That is one of the three or four times in my life where I definitely knew that I was moving in the will of God. We packed up, we went there. Oh, I never will forget the first time we went there to preach. Um, you know, they told me how to get there down Somas Road and they said, uh, there's a light right in the middle of the, the town. And I didn't know the town meant basically a library, the, the ladies club we were meeting in and a cow pasture across the street. And I thought at least it would be a legitimate light, but it wasn't, it just blinked. 
And he said, if you've gone to Los Angeles Avenue, you've gone too far, turn around and come back. So I turned around and came back and all these people were on the porch. And so anyway, that was my first entrance into Camarillo. All I knew about it is they had a state mental hospital there. And so I pretty well kept my distance from Camarillo. But we went there. And the reason we went there was in order that we might plant a new church that believed in winning people to Christ, in missions, in the entire Word of God, in teaching people how to know the Word of God. And basically, I was very much an evangelistic preacher in those days. That's not my calling, and that's not my gifting. But I counted the cards before we left there, and there were some 500-plus decisions that had been made that had walked the aisle at least to make a profession in their faith in Jesus Christ during the time we were there. Now, the last year or so that I was there, we tied up property. I think it was with the Kaiser Foundation. And all I know is that George Golden came over from Ventura and helped us to raise money. The people in the church gave that money, put down on the property, and it was ours. It was to build a church on. It wasn't until Ron Bates came after I left that the building went up, thanks to Ron for doing that. But I just want to say thank you for being there. Gary, thank you. And Mrs. Jane, thank you for being there. And thank you for following that pastor. And as you celebrate this today, remember that Jesus uh, said to one of the greatest churches of all time, the Church of Ephesus, um, he said something very startling to them. Now, you may not realize how important Ephesus was, but there's an epistle to the Ephesians. It was where Paul decided to teach uh, from the school of Tyrannus and all of Asia heard within two years. And Timothy pastored that church. And Paul wrote two letters to Timothy. And John, the apostle, pastored that church for 30 years. And the book of Revelation uh, has uh, a letter that is among those seven churches. And two letters were written to Timothy. So that is probably the most significant church except for Jerusalem in the New Testament. But when Jesus wrote to them, he said, you know, you've lost your first love. And he told them to go back and repent and to redo the first works. He said, remember where you followed, then repent and go back and do those things all over again. I'm glad you're doing those things. I'm glad you're there. I wish I could be there to celebrate with you in person, but the best I can do is say, God bless you. Thank you for being there. And I hope that you have a great day. Amen. So this church was planted 51 years ago, not as a club for Christians, but as a lighthouse, as we just sang a while ago, to reach this community and the surrounding communities and even other parts of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to leave you with four things this morning to keep that same mission going forward. I want to give you four steps that will help us to complete our mission that God has given us. And if I could just stop and say for a moment, we need this as a church. You know, we've been here six years, and I'm not trying to brag or not trying to elevate myself, 
But as we've seen people saved in the last six years, people baptized, most, if not all, and I, I'm ready to be corrected, have been through either myself or my wife, also through the preschool. God has called us with a purpose for you and I to be sent, to be witnesses that those who are far from God, that are in your neighborhood, that are your neighbors, your co-workers, even our own family, to know the good news, to experience God and his love like you and I experience. And I'm going to challenge you to take these four things seriously because we, we're doing pretty good about ministry. We've done, but our mission of seeing people, not just what the pastor is doing, but in every pew and every person be involved in bringing people to Jesus Christ. 500 people were saved in the short period that Harold Anderson was the pastor, and he wasn't the one leading all those to Jesus. Let's go back and allow God to refresh and renew our mission with God's help. I'm going to give you these four things, and I hope that you just follow along and track with me and say yes to these four things. The first one is pray. We need to pray and simply pray this prayer that we want people to say yes to God. Would you be willing to pray with me? You know when Jesus was said in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35, he said he traveled through the towns and villages and teaching them the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, but they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he says in verse 37, he said to the disciples, and perhaps he is saying these words to us right now, the harvest is great. It's people that are broken in our community. We've sat with people even this week and wept with them. And the answer is Jesus. But the workers are few. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. So let's pray. Let's pray that God will say, that people will say yes to Jesus. That we will be a, a mission-minded church. That we will be willing to go however that might look like, pray that people will say yes to God. The second thing is give. Give to help others go. See, we may not be physically able to go even across the street or may not be able physically to go around the world to preach the gospel. We may not be willing, or not willing, but able to do these things, but we can all have some part of giving. And I think we all should have this part of giving. Second, third John, excuse me, third John 1.8 says, it says in the, in the LT, so we 
ourselves to support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. And so we can be partners with the gospel. So those who are taking the gospel, well, who's taking the gospel? Well, there are people in here that are taking the gospel. I know many of you have a burden and you have a passion and you have a witness for taking the gospel. And we can support that whether it's to the teens, whether it's, it's to, uh, to the, uh, the bops. You know, we can support ministries that are taking the gospel, that, that are reaching out into our schools, our communities, but also global partners. You see, we support people right now, today, this day, are preaching the gospel of the good news, and people are hearing the gospel for the first time, not the second time or the third time. They're hearing it for the first time, and people are coming to know God through our missions, through our global partners that are, whether they're in the Philippines or whether they're, you know, maybe Russia, or whether they're, they're in, and you know, the, uh, the underground churches or, or, or you know, whatever uh, different places that uh, we support, and Greece is one of them. And so I challenge you not only to pray, but I'm challenging you to give. Above and beyond our ties that we would give to missions, that we would give, and, and you know, and if it's just a, a one dollar a month, then so be it. Let's do something to support those that are taking the gospel. Well, we get the privilege of hearing the gospel over and over again to those villages that don't have any churches. And like Harold Anderson came to this place, and there was no church. And they planted a church and people got saved, 500 people, thousands of people have been saved because of it. And so we have missionaries that are going to different parts. Taki is one of them that are, that are setting up and reaching people for Jesus and planting a church. And by the way, that is God's plan for reaching this world for the, for, for the gospel is plant a church in that, in that, that city, Ephesus, plant it over here in uh, you know, uh, Galatia and plant it over here and, and in Philippines and Africa and those different places. That's his plan. The third thing is, and always when we're following God, when we're trusting, obey God, as we just, is step out in faith. This takes faith to move from here to beyond how God is going to say, well, pastor, I just don't know. I can't speak. I can't, I can't talk. I, I don't know where to go. Just be willing to be used by God and take that step of faith because following God is a step of faith. It is the unknown factor. You will not know everything about everything that's going to happen so that you can follow God. You just have to be willing to go and trust him. Step out in faith. Pray, give, and exercise faith in those actions. Number four, go where I can now. Where can you go? Where can you be a witness for God? God is, unless he called you to go somewhere else, what has God placed, who has God placed in your life right now that we can talk about the good news? My wife was sharing this story this week, and 
she really didn't want me to share it. In fact, she doesn't even know. I don't have permission to tell this story. So just let you know, I'll probably be in trouble. <laughs> so it was this last week or the week before, she went over to the post office. And a lady behind the counter, Johnny, you'll appreciate this, was having a very bad day. This rough people, and she said, a little conversation, how are you doing? Oh, I'm having a real rough day. And the lady was almost, you know, in tears. People just, and my, my wife said, Kick, do you like coffee? And she said, well, yeah, but I really like you know, tea, I think it was. And said, or Starbucks. She said, well, I really like with Starbucks tea or something. And she said, well, okay, I'll go get you one. She said, okay, I'll give you some money. She said, no, no, I want to give you some. I want to bless you. So she went, got it, brought it back, and the lady was in tears because somebody just showed her some kindness. And there is a relationship that's starting right there that could be an opportunity of just sharing more how God loves that lady. Interesting, the school secretary uh, was there as well and uh, saw the whole thing and she said, oh yeah, I figured it had to be you, Cindy, that was doing that because she knows Cindy. I'm not trying to, you know, pat Cindy on the back. But it's so simple how we can make a difference in somebody's life if we should be sensitive to this. And through that kindness and through that relationship, we can be a witness. And people are changed. Cindy and I are not great witnesses, evangelical, like what uh, Pastor Anderson said. It's not like, you know, our real gift but we can't bring people to Jesus. And the only way that we know we bring Jesus is, is what we've done in the last six years is just love people where they're at, be gracious to them, bless them, pray for them, be their friend, develop a relationship. And some of you are here today as a result of that. And we all can do that. We all can be used of God. Bless others to be a witness. So pray, give, step out of faith, go where you can. Let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. How do we bring other people to Christ? How do I help share the good news? That God isn't mad at us, that God loves us, that God wants a relationship. Listen, my friend, Jesus didn't come to give us religion. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundance. Most people's life revolves around something like this. They get up in the morning. They'll go to work, come home, watch some TV, maybe read a book, go to bed, get up in the morning, go to work, come home, get something to eat, Watch TV, read a book, go to bed. Maybe on the weekend they'll do something extra special. 
and they think they're living. They're just existing. It's more to life than that. And those five purposes, God invites us to come in. I pray that my prayer is for this church that we continue to go forward with those five purposes. Father, help us to understand how dearly you love us and you love this church so much that you gave your life for it. Father, help us to understand how that you have connected with us through a relationship and, and then you want to connect us with other relationships that we have a sense of belonging. We're not alone. We're called to belong and to be there for one another. God, you have called us to bless others. You've called us to become like Jesus Christ and you certainly have called us to go away from these four walls with hearing what we've heard today and what we've experienced in our life. Our experience with you, Joe, with you, God. So God, help us that this 51st mile marker that if you give us 51 more years as a church or in our lives, that God, we have gone forward with these purposes, that our missions has increased. Souls are being saved, not just from the pastor or his wife or from one ministry, the preschool, but from everyone. That we have people that are in heaven because of our witness. God, help us. And if our heart needs to be broken with this, Lord, press upon us. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team come this time. And this is something that is has been a burden to us. And we talked about this recently on one of our Wednesday night meetings and having some special meetings um, uh, with this subject, and we'll announce those, but we want to go forward with our witness in a greater way, our light to be brighter than it is right now, and I pray and hope that you will join us with this. I want to ask the, the team to lead us in this one song, and um, I'd ask you to stand, and then after that, we've got some lunch plans for you, Okay. So uh, we'll give you more instruction and have prayer over the food after that. So would you stand with me and think about the words of the song and our purposes, and then especially that last one of being sent by God.
That is our prayer. We want to be used by God to open our hearts and our eyes for him. God's got bigger plans for this church. He's got bigger plans for you. If you'll just trust him and follow his lead.